People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Okay, so we recorded this entire episode last night, immediately after the Robin Roberts interview. And in it, we said, you know, we haven't watched Jimmy Kimmel yet, so anything discussed there won't be in this episode. Of course, naturally, we woke up this morning, we watched that, and we felt like it would be remiss for us to release this episode and not at least come on and just spend a minute or two discussing the Kim Pete discovery. When she said that he got her the outfit, the carpet, and the lamp from SNL, from their, quote, first kiss for Valentine's Day, I was like, yes, this is exactly the type of gifts and the sentiment that she's looking for. Well, the thing is, when Jimmy initially showed that photo, he was saying it in a very joking manner. He asked, you know, is this the first time that you and Pete kissed? And she says, yes. And then I believe jokingly, he said to her, do you have that rug? And when she said, I actually do, he actually got me everything from that set for Valentine's Day. I was like, wait a second. And then hold on, this completely got glazed over. They didn't even discuss it. But Jimmy then casually says in passing that when the Kardashians arrived for the interview, there was a massive delivery of flowers that Pete had sent to the set for Kim. And Jimmy makes a comment like, oh, does that make the other boyfriends look bad? And then they kind of move on from it. But I'm like, okay, you are giving us a lot of information to process. Well, the reason they move on is because Kendall says, I didn't even know that happened. Like, I think the piece of it in terms of the flowers that really did it for me was like, He's still in this era where he really wants to impress her, and he's making that very clear. Oh, totally. I mean, we've spoken about this for a while now, that one of the things about Kanye, which she did appreciate, even though she did crave the little things, is that he was an unbelievable gift giver. He was incredibly thoughtful, at times extravagant, and you know, yes, it wasn't everything, but it did make her feel really special. And so clearly, Pete realizes that in that one facet, he has large shoes to fill. Something I realized is that we know that the premiere is tonight for the Kardashians. So you know what I'm thinking. This could be the big Kim and Pete red carpet debut. I think it's going to be. I will die. I really think it's going to be. I think this is the perfect event for her to do this because – I mean, it's her show. She she runs this shit. Like, of course she's going to bring him. I don't know. I could be totally off. But my gut would be definitely he's going to be there. And I would not be surprised if they walked the red carpet together. From a PR perspective, it would certainly be the time to do so. Also, I know that when we decided that we were going to come on and do this little insert and just talk about the Pete and Kim thing, we were like, okay, that's really all there was to the interview. 
I really liked the interview. Like if we weren't just doing this as an insert, I probably could have spoken a lot more about it. I liked it too. When I watched it before you, all I was saying is that it wasn't anything profound. It wasn't like we got great insight. It was like a fun watch. Of course, I could watch them play bullshit games with Jimmy Kimmel all day, but it wasn't like, you know, gripping. But you know what was interesting was the one piece of information we really did get was that Courtney and Travis fully intended on getting married. They looked for a marriage license and I guess they couldn't get one, which was very confusing to me because even Kim interjected and was like, I was definitely drunk at 3 a.m. and ours was a real marriage license when we got married. So I'm not sure how they weren't able to make that work. I need to know more about the logistics of getting drunk married in Vegas. Well, someone was probably watching over them because as you made the point of in this episode that we recorded last night, I do think Chris would have been saddened to not be there, even though she said she knew about it. It was in the group chat. I think in retrospect, they will be happy to have had their entire family there when they actually make it official. Yeah, for sure. I love Chris and her Edna Mode era. <laughs> Listen, she can do no wrong, but I am so much more of a fan of the short hair. I love to see her be a little playful though. Like mm-hmm. her hair as it is, is is it. Like don't change a thing. But to come on Kimmel and throw a wig on, I'm here for it. I support you, Chris. It was funny when he said that she's actually never been on the couch. She's always just been backstage. I didn't realize that. I love her on camera. Like I think that she should join them on these interviews more. I think she brings a really great perspective and a really great dynamic to what they have. She totally does. And I was actually trying to pinpoint what it was when I was watching this Kimmel clip. And I think what it is, is that Obviously, over the years, they've all become increasingly more comfortable on camera and on these type of interview shows. And in general, they care less. You know, they do so many that not everyone is such a big deal. They can be slightly less calculated or a little bit more fun. But Chris is really in her like, I don't give a fuck era, which partially comes with age, partially comes with success. And I think she's always just had that in her. And now she's just really letting it fly. So she really brings that. Absolutely. Okay, so we will leave you guys with this episode, but we obviously just had to come on and discuss that for a moment because it would be weird if we didn't. Hi, guys. I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Can I be honest with you? You're disappointed. Yes, I feel like I have whiplash from that ABC special. It was a lot of back and forth. Like It was a little hard to follow even as somebody who knew everything. Like kind of the way I feel is that it was almost false advertising because I was really expecting a full sit down interview where we were going to get insight that we had been really craving. And that's not really what happened. It was kind of like, you know, an information session on the Kardashians, which is great. I'll watch that a million times over. But I guess it becomes less and less interesting when you feel like you could teach the class, you know? Here's a realization that I had watching that. Like that wasn't for us. That was promo for the show. They don't need to target promo at us because we're going to watch all of the super fans, all of the fans who kind of went into that special thinking that they were getting a sit down interview and further information that that special wasn't targeted at us or it wasn't created for us. It was created for all of the people who they're trying to target to watch the new show. And that was something that I didn't even think about going into this. Right. Like kind of the way that I felt about it is this was a perfect piece of content that you could show that family member you have or that friend you have that doesn't really understand the Kardashians or maybe is slightly skeptical as to their business success. Like I would love to sit them down in front of the TV and be like, here's an hour crash course. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to see the rise. Whereas you're right. Like, And we got an inbox from someone tonight that was so fitting. They said, 
I don't need to see commentators discussing the history of the Kardashians. I could write that anthology. I want an interview. And that's how I felt. Like, I don't mean to sound ungrateful. I'm happy it happened, obviously, but I really was expecting a sit-down interview, and I feel like we were bamboozled slightly. That's how I feel. Like, we should sue ABC for false advertising. But I will say that in reality, what we got made more sense because this is the conversation we were having last week where we were like, how do you give promo for a show where you're giving out information to advertise for the show that is all about the information you're going to be getting? And so it made almost more sense to do it this way because there was no information given. You still have to watch the show. If you're somebody who stumbled upon this special and maybe you didn't care about the Kardashians and this targeted you and intrigued you, then you're going to tune into the show because it accomplished the goal that it accomplished. If you're somebody who was a Kardashian fan that was really just looking for information, you're looking for the Courtney and Travis update. You're looking for the Tristan and Chloe update. You want to know about Kim and Pete. Like, you're going to watch the show even if you didn't plan on it because this interview didn't give you any of the information you were looking for. And if you're like us, you were watching the show regardless. Right. We're going to watch the show regardless. We were going to watch the interview regardless. As I always say, they have us by the balls and that's okay. We're self-aware enough to acknowledge that. I think what happened for me, kind of like how you said you had the realization that this wasn't meant for us, which it totally wasn't. I also think I was coming to terms with the fact that our level of knowledge about this family is so deep that even the content that is sold to the audience is the most intriguing feels relatively minimal. I find that this happens actually continuously. And I don't know whether I blame it on the fact that they're so well media trained that they found a way to not give us information or if these interviews just aren't for us anymore. Yes, like we are probably realistically going to get a lot more out of Kim's 10 second Insta story that she films in her bathroom and you hear North saying something funny in the background. And that's okay. It's fine that, you know, (laughs) we've passed the threshold of these things being for us. By the way, though, just on a production note, I want to say two things. The first is this is not a comment on Robin Roberts because I actually thought she did an excellent job. It was more so I wasn't expecting there to be this constant insertion of these commentators' perspectives. And I felt like just everything aside, strictly from a production element, it felt too choppy. I mean, no, it definitely wasn't anything to do with Robin Roberts, because if anything, we wanted more of her. But I agree. I mean, it was very choppy. It was very all over the place. The one thing I will say is that I actually found the most interesting part of the whole thing, and not that it was new information at all, but I found the most interesting part to be specifically about Kylie. Yes, I kind of did too, even though she wasn't featured. I think something that I hadn't thought about before was the fact that all of them having their individual brands and growing in that way came from Kylie. And there was a moment in the show tonight where they were talking about like their wealth expanded greatly once they stopped advertising for other people and started advertising for themselves. And I had never thought about it that way. And all of that was a result of Kylie. Okay. So two things that for sure was the most interesting moment for me as well, because it's not that we didn't know that information, but when they put it like that, I think I kind of had that aha moment. Although I did go back to Kim's first ever fragrance, the Kim Kardashian by Kim Kardashian, which I don't know the business logistics associated with that in terms of the back end, but at least outwardly, it was not in association with any other brand, but I don't know how that worked in terms of her owning the entire thing. So yes, the Kylie Cosmetics thing and that kind of being the thing that jumpstarted this empire was a slight light bulb moment for me. Also, just in terms of things they actually said, 
when Chloe was talking about Tristan, even though we got a total of 45 seconds about it. And she said, you know, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great dad, but he's just not the guy for me. That was pretty telling. It's interesting the way that Kim and Chloe specifically speak about the men in their lives. And for example, when Chloe is talking about Tristan and she says, you know, he's a great dad. He's a great guy. He's just not the guy for me. The reason I found that interesting is because I understand speaking respectfully, obviously, of course, about the father of your daughter. Like they all do a really, really great job of that, I think. Interesting that she chose to say he's a great guy. She could have said he's a great dad. I want him to be in True's life. He's just not the guy for me and gotten that point across the same. It's interesting as the viewer, I think, or as a fan to feel so hurt on someone's behalf like you are for Chloe and then still hear her describe the person who hurt her in that way. Totally. And when I view it, I don't think her saying that is at all a representation of how hurt she actually was or is by him. I think that that is absolutely a mode of self-preservation or protection that she has decided to utilize, you know, basically not piling on in the slightest anytime she's talking about it publicly. I think that feels helpful to her and it's kind of a coping mechanism. But all of that to be said, on top of the fact when Robin asks her, you know, perhaps the thing she's looking for the most in a man, safety is the thing that she lists number one. And I mean, to me, that is what we have been saying for I don't even know how long, probably the last year. Anytime we've spoken about Chloe romantically, we've spoken about the concept of safety and how that has really been robbed from her repeatedly. So it's not that I didn't know that. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that she would want safety, but to hear her say it and then to talk about it in the context of Tristan and how she had initially felt safe, it does give you a greater understanding of what she would now want going forward. And honestly, also how traumatized she is from having that safety pulled from her. She feels, it's it's a kind of like, I think she feels unanchored, which is a really scary concept, you know? Oh, absolutely. Here's my question for you though, going back to the point that I made originally. Do you think that Chloe thinks that Tristan is a good guy? It's such a hard question. I want to say no. At the same time, I think it is slightly too hard for her to fully accept that because it's the father of her child. And I do believe that he is a good father and that she views him to be a good father and that she actually enjoys his personality. But I don't know. I mean, the counter argument to that is that maybe she thinks, yes, he is a good guy and she's allowed herself to kind of make excuses for his behavior as to why what he did is not representative of his character. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't know the answer. I don't know if you can sum up somebody's entire good versus bad into their worst actions, but I I do think it's an interesting question. And and that was my whole point in saying, like, it's an interesting line to throw in when it didn't need to be thrown in. To call him a good guy when it's an unnecessary line, when you've already described him as a good father, which is as much as you really need to say. It's just, it, it intrigues me, the fact that she did that. Wait, as you were talking just now, I thought about my answer. I don't even remember what I said, but this is how I feel in this moment. This could change in 10 minutes. I actually think... Yes, Chloe does believe or tells herself that Tristan is a good guy that it just didn't work out with because I actually think it is a more painful reality for her to accept that this is a bad guy that I chose because I think it goes back into the whole conversation we've had previously about like 
when you continually get yourself into situations with people that then turn out to wrong you at a certain point, you start to question your own judgment, which is really kind of a disorienting feeling because obviously the number one thing you want to have confidence in no matter what goes on around you is that you can trust your own decision-making skills. So I think for Chloe to have to accept that a guy she is now permanently tied to for life is factually a bad person. And I'm not saying he is, but for her to view him in that way, I actually think it's harder for her to process herself. That's my final answer. Again, this could literally change in 10 minutes, but now that I thought about it a little more, that's what I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't know 100% what I think, but I think that there's, of course, also the difference between how she chooses to perceive the situation versus what her deepest, most inner thoughts that she can't even admit to herself are. So like, you know, those could also be two different things. I want to go back also to Kim and what I was saying before about like the way that Kim and Chloe specifically speak about the men in their lives and specifically the way that Kim speaks about Kanye. Something that I thought she said that was really interesting was when she was talking about his social media antics and, you know, the way she chooses to speak about him publicly, which she acknowledges a little bit more than I think Chloe does, where she says, like, I, I'm not going to say a bad word about him publicly and I'm not going to say a bad word about him to my kids. Is always, he is your father. He's the best person in your life. Something that she said that was really interesting was she said, you know, I've always been a fan of Kanye speaking his mind, so I'm not going to turn my back on that fact now. I remember in the beginning when Kanye was posting, a lot of the criticism that Kim got was, you know, well, she always knew he was like this. Now he's just doing it to her. And so it's interesting to hear her be so calm about that fact and still put that opinion out there of, you know, I've always supported him speaking his mind. I can't just change my mind about that fact now. I am so glad that that is the moment that you just decided to pinpoint because that's what I was thinking as well. Do you remember the episode we did where we were just recording along whatever we were talking about? And then all of a sudden, that's when Kim responded via Instagram story to Kanye's post. Remember that that episode where we were like literally reporting live? Of course. In that episode, I remember saying specifically, I think it's a really difficult spot for Kim to be in because she has been his biggest cheerleader for exactly that. And now it's turned against her. And I think when we were talking about it, I said something like, this is why it's actually not an attractive quality when the guy is like a dick to everyone else, but he's nice to you. Like, I think a lot of times people take that as a really endearing thing when actually like what you really want is for the person to be kind to every single person and you're not an exception of that. It's like a false sense of feeling special. I know that's a little different from what we're saying here. She was speaking here just about him being outspoken, but the two are kind of related. Yeah, it absolutely goes hand in hand. It's just that I think that a lot of people, when they've heard Kim speak about this quality of Kanye in the past in terms of him speaking his mind and never being afraid to say what he's thinking – their initial reaction would be, well, that really came back to bite you in the ass, didn't it? In a lot of ways, of course it did. I mean, what he put her through is, I think Kim wouldn't wish this on her worst enemy. It's it's harassment. It's it's made every single ounce of this divorce process difficult and terrible and awful and, and draining, of course. But I do think that there's an awareness that Kim has about herself and the way she's spoken about herself and Kanye in the past that she continues to have. Because to not backpedal on that statement and to really stick true to the fact that that is a quality in Kanye that I like, whether it hurts me or not. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I didn't expect that to be the case with her. I didn't expect her to say that, but I was, I don't know if I was happy to hear her say that, but I almost like... I think respected is a weird word, but I did. I think it was a level of awareness that I respected. 
I think that what I was taken by was what I view to be a real understanding or awareness of how hypocritical she could potentially come across if she didn't make that point, even though I do believe that she really meant it. And it's it's kind of a weird conversation even for us to have, like as I'm hearing us discuss it, because so much of what Kanye was doing was factually harassment. I mean, we talked about this numerous times. There's nothing funny about that. And to conflate that with self-expression, I think is very scary territory in some ways. But for the point that I think she was speaking to, which wasn't his behavior as a whole, just specific points, I, I believe that she understood how hypocritical it could have come across. Yeah, I think so, too. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the season changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. I also want to say that we are recording this before their episode with Jimmy Kimmel airs. So if there are any valuable pieces of information there, we'll have to talk about that next week because we purposely waited until 9.30 Wednesday night to record so that we could do the interview. And honestly, like, and I'm, I'm totally fine that we did, but in retrospect, I don't think that it was worthy necessarily of waiting. Do you? Um, I'm not sure because I think that's something that's hilarious. And I don't know if it says more about them or us is the ability to analyze when there's nothing to analyze. No, it says more about us. I mean, they give a lot, but we are sick. This is 
par for the course for us. Like we could have watched 10 minutes of that. And I still think that we could have picked apart and analyzed like basically what this entire episode has become in like the most hilarious, best way possible is an analysis of everything that like we didn't get. (laughs) Yeah, that that, honestly, that's fair. But there's two things that I wanted to say. The first is, and I'm not saying this to be funny. It's not supposed to be like a sly remark. This is a genuine observation. If you sat down to watch this Robin Roberts special and you knew nothing about the family, you would finish it at nine o'clock and have absolutely zero idea that they had a brother named Rob. Talk about an analysis of things we didn't get. Rob is the prime example. But I do think that that's out of respect for him. No, no, no. It totally is, at least in my perspective. I think it's a combination of not wanting to highlight the ways in which specifically business-wise, he falls short in comparison to the rest of the family, but also just out of respect for his privacy. Like he clearly is at a point in his life and he has decided this many years ago that this he's a very, very important member of the family. He does not wish to be an important member of the empire, which is two different things while also being the same thing, which is a whole other analysis point that we could get into as well. Right. And clearly this comes up the most when Chris is discussing it because she's talking about it from the perspective of the matriarch and her six children. And if you're watching this and you didn't know, you're counting in your head and you know you're one short, but you don't know who she's talking about because not only is he never referenced by name, but also all of the conversations around it are about the women in this family, the sisters. And I agree with you. It is out of respect for him. This is a choice that he has made. I don't think that he at all aspires to build his life in the way that they have publicly. But it's just, it's kind of almost wild how they've managed to do it relatively seamlessly. Right. Well, I think that they operate under the assumption first that you know, we've been on this ride long enough with them to fully understand why that's the case. Like to fully understand Rob's character arc and what happened and why he's chosen not to be a part of the show anymore and not to be a part of the brand in the way that the others have chosen to be a part of it. So I think that's the first thing. I think they're able to, quote, get away with it. And not that I think they're trying to get away with anything, but maybe not call attention to it in the way that other people would like them to by really focusing on the women in business. Like this is about the women of the family. So yeah, it's kind of a natural thing when they're talking about what they've built to be able to leave Rob out of that conversation, not in any sort of way that makes him feel less than or lacking in the family or not a part of the family. It's just He's not a woman in the family of a strong female-built empire. Yeah, exactly. And it it fits the narrative and it also, I think, fits his personal prerogative. So it works. But I had a moment when I was watching where, of course, I'm always aware of his presence. But I really said, if I sat down and I didn't know, I really wouldn't know. And I think a lot of the times maybe he's mentioned this was one where it was was really not mentioned uh, in the slightest. But I also want to talk for a second about Courtney because – I mean, she got very little airtime. Again, I I didn't love the way that they did this. And when we had seen the previews and it was all those individual sit downs, I think we expected it was going to be like 10 straight minutes of Chloe, 10 straight minutes of Kim, so on and so forth. This was what? Two minutes of Courtney, would you say? Three? Yeah. I mean, and the others didn't get many minutes more than that either. Right. But when Courtney was saying that, you know, she sometimes says to him like, can you believe this? Courtney and Travis, like they had been friends forever. And she said, I knew that when we looked into each other's eyes and it became physical, that it would kind of be game over. She said something to that effect. It's like, oh, hearing that. And just a few hours earlier, you're seeing the photos from their Vegas wedding, which we'll obviously get into. It's just, it's absolutely 
thrilling to watch as far as I'm concerned. I mean, and this is the information that we've always wanted. From the day that they got together, we've always sat there and been like, how did this go from friendship to romantic? We need somebody to fill in those pieces. And every single time she talks about this relationship and as the show is um, is upon us, we know that we're inching closer and closer to getting those questions answered. But I think that she is really understanding the fact that that's the key piece of information that we're looking for. Oh, she's very aware of it. I mean, we said this every week. She's just glowing. Even in the two and a half minutes that she gets on this special, you can see there's like a very internal sense of just calmness, serenity, peace that she's exuding. I'm so happy for her. I really am. It's an amazing thing to see. And it's amazing to watch somebody get to that place. Like, of course, we've been on this ride with Courtney for so long and we've seen so many different aspects of her personality. For the past, let's say, five seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, to watch her go from the person she was and like really be like, wow, I'm I'm like concerned about Courtney and the way she's acting to being like, wow, she is so happy and she's glowing and exuding an energy that you've never seen before. That's a wild thing to get to because you take somebody like Chloe, for example, where it's like, okay, we've seen you go through so much, but your personality has always stayed so stagnant with Courtney, that has clearly not been the case. And you've watched her just become a happier, calmer, more content person. And you don't always get to see that with people. Oh, right. And especially within this family where, like you said, no matter what's going on in their life, their personalities remain relatively consistent. And it does seem like a massive personality shift. I think a lot of people would argue that this was her truest self that was potentially just being suppressed by some of the life events she was experiencing. But yeah, it's it's a joy. I mean, I know this would be the most natural transition to talk about the Vegas wedding, which we can do, but I physically need to talk about Pete and North and potentially Penelope in the pink moke. Is that okay with you if we do that first or do you want to do Kravis wedding? No, I, I need to do Pete and North first. I'm going to combust if we don't. Shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. 
Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Okay, so it is Tuesday night, I don't know, around 8 or so p.m. I'm in the shower and I get out of the shower to probably like 26 texts in the last two minutes from Julian Isabel. And it's just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I have no idea what's going on. I scroll up and I see the pink moke that we were talking about at length on Monday's episode that Scott posted of Pete with Pete, North, and what we think is Penelope inside of it. And if this is not the content we have been wanting, I, I, I don't know what is. Not just Pete and North. North sitting on Pete's lap while he's driving her around in this moke. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that this is the way in which we got the confirmation that Pete has met Kim's kids. Just them alone in this moke together and Penelope there too, presumably. Also, I can't believe the role the pink moke is playing in all of this. Here we are thinking it was just a means of Postmates delivery for Scott. And it's it's so much more than that. Well, it's funny because in the special tonight, they were talking about how, you know, anytime the Kardashians are associated with anything, there is a check that is being cut. Like that guy was talking about how Chris said very early on, if you want Kim there, she's going to get paid for it. And not that I ever thought that the moke christmas gift wasn't on some part sponsored but god this is the best coverage moke could ever pay for i mean i i feel like even in our own lives the amount of times we've said moke in the past two months has uh, quadrupled why are you acting like we haven't been on the moke website designing exactly what ours would look like which by the way fun activity that you guys can do you can design the grill color the exterior color the interior color like you can really go to town which we have all done i don't know why julie's acting like we have it <laughs> I'm not acting like we haven't. Like I'm <laughs> obsessed with the moke. Like the, the moke, hire us. Like get, like we'll do an ad for you. Like I like I'll drive north around on my lap in a pink moke. I don't care. <laughs> it's it is really funny how moke has entered the conversation with such force. I would love to speak to their brand manager. If I was moke, I would text Balenciaga and be like, "Guess what? This divorce is mine now, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking funny, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you guys, it's wild. This is this is the photographic confirmation that we wanted. And also, like, can I say something? This is like totally going to bring down the mood. I don't mean to, but I have to just get it out. Is that okay with you? Yeah, go ahead. It's like Kim is talking in this interview, for example, about how at peace she feels with him and how she's very much a relationship girl and she wouldn't engage in something if she didn't find it to be serious. And I believe all of that. I really do believe that she loves him and I'm not downplaying their relationship. However, we have said since the beginning, like this makes so much sense for her right now. There's just no world in which we could envision this being end game. Like if it is great for her, not trying to put a timestamp on it, just if you're asking, it doesn't feel like something we think is is feasible. And then these clips have come out and it's funny seeing the reaction from followers that send it to us and be like, wait, were we off? Like, do you guys think they could be endgame? And to me, it's so not my personality to like shut down something that has potential. I don't mean to do that. I'm loving this for them. But 
the picture of him with North brings up the very real question that I don't think it's unfair to ask, which is, I thought, I, I believe that he said this before, that Pete wants to have his own children. And to me, I would view that to be the biggest roadblock in terms of their relationship progressing because I don't envision a world in which Kim would want to have more children. Is that like overstepping for me to speculate on that? No, I don't think it's overstepping. I think it's a fair question. It's not like it's entirely out of the question. I guess maybe if you're Pete and you don't want to broach that subject yet, you're not willing to like blow up this relationship for the sake of this very real future conversation, you can keep in the back of your mind, well, okay, Travis and Courtney got together and she has three kids and they're going to have a baby together. Like maybe that is something that Kim would want to explore as well. Again, I'm not saying that that's a conversation that they've had, but I think that if you're Pete and you're really serious about this and you're like, okay, I want to stay with her, but I also know that I'm looking to have kids in the future, you can hold on to that piece of hope and maybe it delays the end of the relationship. And maybe if Kim is really, really serious about this, and I'm not saying this is the case, I'm just saying in the hypothetical scenario where this conversation is had and Pete's like, listen, this is a deal breaker for me. Like I want to have a kid of my own. Like it's really important to me. Is it the craziest thing for Kim to say, okay, like I'll, I'll have, I mean, if they're really serious, if they've been together for years now and Kim wants to go through the surrogacy thing again, and is it the craziest thing for Kim to say, okay, I'll have a fifth kid? No, it's, it's not the craziest thing. I mean, who knows? I just, in, she has, the only reason I say that is because she has spoken so much about how four is really her maximum. She was like, well, if it was up to Kanye, he'd have six. And I just know that she has spoken about publicly how she, you know, fours is just kind of her limit. I don't, listen, this whole conversation really is built on hypotheticals because the two things exist so strongly in my mind. It's like, I love them together right now. I think it is so great for both of them. I can't get enough. At the same time, I can't envision a world in which it's endgame. So that's why like, this is honestly one of the first times that I've really thought about this conversation because I've never even allowed myself, I guess, to get there. And I still, if you really asked me, like I had to answer yes or no, you know, what's the answer? I guess I would still sadly say no. I don't think it's endgame, but I don't know. I'm, I'm literally just talking out loud as I'm thinking. Other people have had to have thought about this. It can't just be us. And I, of course they have. Yeah. People in our DMs have. I mean, it's, it's definitely a conversation that's occurring. I, I think everyone's trying to figure out like, is is this even possibly endgame? Not is this endgame, just like, does this even have the possibility to go a distance that we, from the start of this relationship, assume that it never even would get close to? If you were to ask me when they first started dating, when those pictures first came out of them holding hands on the roller coaster, if Pete would meet her kids one day, I would have said to you, absolutely not. This is not what this relationship is. But every single event, it seems to progress and become a little bit more serious and a little bit more serious to the point where you then have to ask yourself, okay, this is clearly not just them hanging out. This clearly isn't just like an intense, you know, couple months love affair that then, you know, they go their separate ways. Like this is a real relationship. And anytime you're in a real relationship, I think you say to your partner or you, you know, kind of present a front where it's like, you know, we're taking it day by day, but like we wouldn't be together if we didn't see a future together. It's funny, Julie, you're saying when I saw those first photos of them on the roller coaster, like if you asked me if he would ever meet their kids, I'd say, no, I'll do you one better. We didn't even think those were real. 
it's just like when you really look back on the last few months and you think about how we, and I'm saying we collectively, all of us have had to kind of shift our, you know, perception of this relationship. It's just, it's wild. I don't know. It's almost overwhelming. It kind of like makes my brain hurt when I think about it for, for too long, but she's happy. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? This, that she is absolutely glowing. Yeah. I mean, you're right though. Like we've every step of the way have had to shift our thinking as to what's happening. And you and I both, every time there's like a new celebrity couple, like we always get accused of just jumping the gun. Like we are so optimistic. We're like, oh, could this be it? Is this end game for her? And this to me is like the only couple where we've continuously been like, okay, well, there's an expiration date on this. Like, okay, well, this has to end sometime soon. And so it's not that I think that this is going the distance or that they're going to get to the point where they have the conversation about having kids. It's just that I've been so wrong every step of the way that I can't feasibly rule that out. Right. That's what I'm saying. I, I do feel it's kind of like the Chloe thing that we were talking about earlier. Like it's a very weird sensation when you feel like your sense of judgment is completely off over something that you actually feel you're really knowledgeable on. Like I feel like I, we're as good as anyone to analyze, you know, the prospects of Kim's dating life yet. God, we couldn't have been more off. Couldn't oh have been God. more off. It's wild. Did, this is so random. Did you see when we posted that video of Jack Harlow, a lot of people responding saying like, he sounds exactly like Brad Pitt? Yes. If you are listening to this podcast right now, I have two questions for you. The first is, if you saw the video of Jack Harlow on our story, or if not any other video of him, did you think that he sounded like Brad Pitt? And the second question is, even if you don't, have you heard that conversation being had? Because that was the first time I had ever heard it. Did you think that that was the case when they said it? Like, was that, did you have a moment where you're like, oh, that makes sense? Like, uh, not really. I, I don't know. I didn't, I have to listen to both of them talk more. It didn't jump out to me. And it's, I'm not like I'm saying people are crazy, but it definitely did not jump out to me. It didn't jump out to me either. And the reason I was asking you is because I, I guess I was, I was wondering if it was like a me thing where like, I just like don't hear the similarities in people's voices as easily as other people's or if like you also didn't hear that and was surprised by the fact that so many people happen to have picked up on that fact that I still don't hear. No, I definitely don't think that it's just a you thing. I don't think the similarity is as strong as some people were making it out to be. Although multiple people unrelated to one another said that to us. Like it wasn't like they were saying it publicly to get a reaction. They were literally just saying it to us in our DMs. I also think that I realized I don't know Brad Pitt's voice as well as you would think that I would. Like when I, when they were saying that initially, I didn't go to any of his speeches. I went to the Fast Times at Ridgemont High Zoom that he did with Jen, when he said, hey, Aniston, like that is the part of his voice that my mind went to when people were making that comparison. What do you think is the most anticipated event of April? The Kardashians premiere or Jack Harlow's song dropping on Friday? I'm not kidding. Jack like, Harlow by a long yeah. shot, right? Honestly, if you look at the numbers, probably the Kardashians premiere. But based on my TikTok feed, Jack Harlow is doing something that that is like really remarkable just in terms of getting the, you know, public on board. I've never heard a snippet of a song go viral in the way that this one snippet has. The only thing that I can compare it to is when in Justin's YouTube documentary, when the when he was singing the preview of Red Eye, like that one snippet of the song and everyone was like, oh my God, I can't wait for this to drop. I can't wait for this to drop. And then the album came out and it wasn't on it. And then he did a triple deluxe version and that one snippet was completely changed. And everyone was like, wait, so you're telling me that we spent months on this app waiting for that 
little snippet of a song to become a real song and you completely changed it. Like that's the only time that I can think of a snippet going viral like that. I'm sure there are so many others. The reason that this one sticks out for me so much is because the virality of it is so closely associated with like the sexual component. The fact that every single person that's posting it is not just posting because they like the song. It's because they watch that 10 second clip of him in the studio and they're like, I want to have sex with you and I will sign the NDA that he has said in an interview that he gives out. Like that's what, if you go on TikTok right now, I would say for a lot of us, that's just our For You page. I will literally write up the NDA myself. I will handwrite it and sign it. But I guess what I'm saying is it's not just like a portion of a song going viral. It's a portion of a song that hasn't even been released yet going viral. That's all we've gotten. Do you know how insane that is if you're an artist to post a preview of a song and have it be viral before the song is even dropped? That's the dream as an artist. I actually want to hold off on this Jack Harlow conversation because I feel like we're going to have a lot more to say on Monday, and I already can tell we're we're screwing ourselves content-wise because there's not that much other things that have happened. And I feel like after the song comes out, we can have a much more lengthy discussion because if you're up for that, I am so up for it. Because, by the way, the reason I think that it's a fun one to have is because like, I get the appeal, but I'm not in it directly. Like, I'm not on the receiving end. I, you, you, I think, are more than me, right? Yeah, of course. I always end up in this position, though. No, I just think that people that we talk about are more like your type historically. Yeah. Like, like for example, my ultimate, right? Ben Affleck, like Ben Affleck's not going viral on TikTok for a song that he's releasing. This is what I mean to say. Your crushes are significantly more of the moment than mine. Mine are a lot more of like the classically handsome type. But you know, what's funny is like, now we're getting into a whole other discussion. I was actually thinking about this today. Like my type in terms of celebrity who I'm into, that's very of the moment. It does not translate to not celebrity in the slightest. No, it really doesn't at all. And I think that that really just goes to show that so much of the appeal isn't necessarily physical. It's so much more of what they bring. Totally. Because if I were to describe the only person I would say, not the only person, like, but the main person I would say who would be the overlap between celebrity and what I would actually describe my type as is Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, well, don't even talk to me about that. I- Don't you think that's like a fair person to say, though? Like that is 100% the overlap for me. Yes, 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 100%. You're like typically a guy that you would go for is not one that's like covered in tats or super, super skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't. I I can't talk about Jake Gyllenhaal. It's it's like overwhelming. It's painful, um, right? I know. He's one. It's pain. Like, yes, painful. He's on the same level as uh, Ben Affleck for me. Yeah, I I so, so, so get it. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. 
So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them, the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Okay, this Vegas wedding, you ready for this shit? I am ready for this, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like soft launching a wedding. (laughs) I think that this is going to be considered a hot take or just maybe surprising coming from us. And we didn't even discuss it. So I don't know how you feel about this. When this news initially broke, people were like, oh my God, you guys are probably losing it. And nine out of 10 times when people say that we are, I just, for some reason, wasn't really with them because I knew whether or not they had a marriage license, which we found out that they didn't. So they weren't actually legally married. Whether or not they got legally married in Vegas, it didn't really change anything. They're still going to have this massive extravaganza planned by Mindy Weiss, and it's going to be a whole thing. And so I guess for me, like, I don't know, it just didn't do much. I knew they were getting married anyway. So what if it's legal in Vegas or not? Do you think I'm like totally wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. I think that when I initially thought that they had gotten legit married, I was really thrown off. Like I was, I was quote losing it in the sense of like, I, I both could and couldn't believe that they would have done that. I couldn't believe that they would have like deprived their entire families of the opportunity to be at their wedding wedding. Obviously they were always going to have like a really extravagant wedding, even if they had done the Vegas thing, even if they had done the, you know, the whole Joe and Sophie thing. But I just couldn't believe that they would have made that decision, especially because like, Courtney getting married is a very big deal. Like, I think Chris would have been crushed even if it was just a little ceremony and they had gotten legally married and they were still going to do this whole thing. Like, I think Chris would have been absolutely crushed to not be there. So 
I was really thrown off at first. As soon as I found out that there was no marriage certificate and it was kind of like a thing that they had just done for fun, I was like, why are we making such a big deal out of this still? They're like not married. Like you and I could have gone and done that in Vegas too. It doesn't mean anything. Good point about Chris. Totally. I think that that would have been kind of heartbreaking for her. Yeah. I I don't know. It just seemed so on brand to me. And especially there was a video that somebody posted where you could see that like Courtney was definitely kind of tipsy. And I think they were. They were having a fun night. They were a little bit drunk and they just said, fuck it. I don't know. The whole thing seemed so on brand for them. This like intense passion, desire, inability to keep their hands off of one another. 2 a.m. They have no choice but to go to this, you know, chapel in Vegas and profess their love to one another, even if it's not official. So to me, I was like, yeah, this actually is par for the course. It felt really fun to me. Like, I was happy that they did this. It felt really lighthearted and funny and like not as serious as everything in their relationship has kind of been so far. And also, like, while we're kind of exposing ourselves here, like we posted that comment from Kim within like the second that she posted. Like, I think we had like a 17 second timestamp on it of like the the church emoji. And we posted like a million exclamation points, like as the caption. And then I was looking at that like an hour later and I was like, why do we why do we make such a big deal out of it? Like I would like I know I'm fully exposing us here, but like I had a moment of confusion where I was like, why do we have to post this so quickly? Like with a 17 second, not that important comment. <laughs> How do we never discuss this, Julie? I had that realization too, because I I sent you the screenshot of the 17 second. I was like, make sure you use mine. I got the 17. And then I looked at it and I was like, wait, are we like weird? <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'm actually dying that you never once said that to me until this moment. I felt the same way. I was like, wait, <laughs> I, you know what it was for me? It wasn't even like the 17 second timestamp. It was like the <laughs> caption of the exclamation points. I was like, wait, what are we excited about? It wasn't legal. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was just excited about the whole thing. I just love the content. What can I tell you? I fucking love the content. I do too. Oh my God. It really, this is one of the funniest things that's ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> I feel really free that you just said that. I have to ask Isabel after. We have to ask her if she felt the same way. You don't know about her what she'll say. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> wow. Well, I had, I just had fun. Did you have fun? <laughs> of course we had fun. It was the Kardashian bonus show. Courtney and Travis basically got fake married and we treated it like it was real. North and Pete are best friends. Pete and Scott are best, best friends. And we got a disappointing Robin Roberts interview. What more could you ask for for an episode? (laughs) Nothing. As far as I'm concerned, nothing. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Isabel and I will be back on Friday. So tomorrow for Bravo. I know we normally do it earlier, but Isabel does not have a voice. So we're praying. There's been a lot of throw coat and honey and lozenges. And we are praying that by tomorrow we'll be good to record that one. So I appreciate your patience. There was literally nothing else that we could do. And yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday for the regular episode. Thanks for doing this with us. It's so much fun. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. 
And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.